This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Retire your overplayed playlist. You'll never hear the same mix twice on AMP. AMP is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. So you can discover new-to-you playlists as they're made. Download AMP. That's A-M-P in the App Store. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off The Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and it's Bravo Friday. And personally, I feel like right now in the Bravo Cinematic Universe, we are we are in a sweet spot. We are in one of those sweet spots that happen like every so often where you have so much to talk about. So many shows are going on and none of them, in my opinion, are flops. So I can't wait to get into that. But before I do... I just want to talk about a really exciting new feature that's on the dip.com. So that's D-I-P-P in case anybody lives under a rock and they don't know. We just launched a really exciting new feature. It's called community posts. And so you can kind of write your own articles, basically. And they don't even have to be articles. It can just be one-off thoughts. It can be anything, I mean, pertaining to Housewives, Bravo, celebrity news, uh, influencers, literally anything, astrology. Like if you have a thought, you know, like if you're like Virgo men are the fucking worst, you can write about it and get people to comment. It's so exciting. And what's even more exciting is that if you use code queso, that's Q-U-E-S-O, like the cheese, you get 95% off at the dip. 95% off. And this is going till March 1st. So please head over there. It's so exciting. It's just a great like community. I mean, obviously, it's a community feature because we're trying to engage with everybody. And it's just it's the best. And we're having so much fun. Kaya wrote one yesterday and all it said was, why do men? And it's like, that's all it needed to say. And you can comment and reply because literally, why do men? And we will get really into that because I have I have so many thoughts on the men that we're exposed to over on the Bravo TV network because what the fuck. Let's just get right into it. I like I said, there's so much to discuss today. We have Salt Lake City, Summer House, Orange County, New Jersey and Miami. I mean, wow, I have my little notepad here um, and I'm I'm slowly turning into my mother. I don't know if you guys ever have those moments where you're like you catch yourself saying something or doing something that like your mom or dad did and you're like oh that's really scary but one of mine is that my mom's obsessed I don't know why I'm talking about this my mom's obsessed with grid paper she doesn't really like lined paper she likes grid paper and I have started to do that and I totally get why it's I love the little squares I can't I can't help myself so yeah I'm just staring at my notes and that's that's what we got here oh one last thing so this morning (laughs) this morning 
You guys, social media is a really wild place, I gotta say. This morning, I opened my eyes. The birds are chirping. You know, the snow was partially melted outside because we got a nice, you know, warm day yesterday um, in Michigan in the February, which means it was like at least 37 degrees, which is put a spring in my fucking step. So I go on my phone and there I see on Twitter, you know, people basically taking shits on me. And that's fine you know, calling me trash. And it it honestly, it used to really, really bother me. But now I just, guys, I have to say, I find it funny. I don't, I, I don't know why. I don't know exactly when it shifted for me because I used to be so sensitive about it. Like it used to really, really get me down. But now I, I don't know why. Like I tweeted this morning. I was like, is something so funny to me that there's like Twitter accounts that don't show their real face, their real name. They hide behind, you know, their phones and their 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 Twitter handles like Jen, you know, Daniel Stobbs Bunyan and they're calling me trash. And it's just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I genuinely don't. I find it funny. Um, you know, if you don't like me, that's fine. Like, talk shit about me behind my back like a normal person. That's my, you know, philosophy. And you're probably like, well, if you don't care, then why are you talking about it? It's like, I don't know. I don't know why I talk about anything. Truthfully, <laughs> I just can't ever seem to shut the fuck up. Yeah, it just it just makes me laugh because it's like there are people out there that are just they will hate you no matter what you do. And uh, people always come to me for advice because they know that I get shits a lot. Actually, <laughs> it's like my legacy. And they're like, how do you deal with it? And I'm just like, you have to not take it serious. Because at the end of the day, like, what is Daniel Tobbs Bunyan, like, really going to do? Really? They just don't like you. Do you want a person that hides behind an account called Daniel Tobbs Bunyan to like you? Do you want someone that, you know, it's like Karen Huger's mole, you know? I, I No, who cares? So I find it funny. And what's even funnier is when I mostly ignore or block, but sometimes I do engage because I just, you know, have the time. Then they're like, you need to relax. It's like, whoa, buddy, I'm perfectly calm. I'm simply making a joke out of whatever you're trying to throw at throw my way. And it's like they don't like to be called out. And someone. okay, so I went on Instagram live last Sunday. I've been doing these like Instagram lives every week. And I was on there and like all of these bots were like filling my comments and it was so annoying. And they're like mostly creepy ass dudes being like, hey, baby girl. And it's like, I I'm good. Leave me the fuck alone. Someone tweeted about me today and they were like, I was watching her Instagram live last week and someone said hi from Morocco. And she said, ew, Morocco. I'm like, okay. That's not what happened, number one. But, like, thanks for watching. And number two, like, those men were bots and they were creeping me out. The context is important here. Very. Let's be very clear. And they were like, and then I responded, of course, this tweet. And they they were like, I found it offensive. Chill. It's like, I don't need to chill. And I am chill. But also, don't fucking talk about me and think I'm not going to maybe. Like, sometimes, like I said, sometimes I respond, sometimes I don't. But it's like people it's like they want to talk shit about you on a public platform and then the moment that you like engage they get like upset and it's weird I find it very weird it's like do you think you're just like tweeting at it at nothing it's so strange anyways I just find it I just find it funny 
kind of like with like podcast reviews. It's like, oh, you don't like my voice. Okay, then turn it off. Don't listen. It's fine. Not everyone is for everyone, guys. And that's okay. Like there are people out in the world that I don't fuck with that I don't like. And I sometimes I can't even put I can't even put a reason why. I'm just like, ugh, I just don't really like that person. I don't wish them ill will. But I just, you know, there are people out there that you just don't vibe with. And that's that's okay. But if you're going to tweet about that person, they respond like you just got to deal with it. Sorry. Anyways, let's get into Bravo. First, let's start with Salt Lake City. I'm going to just go in order of the week. Like we have Bravo shows hitting us back to back to back to back to back. Monday, Sunday through Thursday. And I feel like that's very rare. Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like that's rare to have like five days, five days in a row of strict, strictly housewives in some summer house like that. I don't fuck with below deck really anymore. Um, It kind of loses me. It's hard for me. And I think the what people really like about it is that the cast changes every year. But for me, that's what I struggle with. Like, I like being invested in the characters and their stories. And like, I'm like, how can I bring myself to give a fuck about a stewardess that I'm never going to see again who's, you know, going to start selling flat tummy tea on Instagram. Speaking of flat tummy tea, I haven't seen anyone post about flat tummy tea in a while. Did flat tummy tea go under? Just wondering. Just just curious. Okay, now for real. For real. Let's talk Salt Lake City. I have to be completely honest. I don't ever know what the fuck is going on in Salt Lake City. But I'm enjoying every minute of it every chaotic minute I am I hang on to these women's every word but there is a but I do find myself truly just blacking out when Jenny's on the screen like it's like she's not even there to me like when she gets confessionals I my brain literally shuts off then it open like then I hear Lisa Barlow and it turns back on or I hear Mary Cosby and it turns back on or whatever like I just don't give a fuck about Jenny goodbye good night have a nice life don't care so we left off last week with Lisa Barlow losing her goddamn mind in a bra with her jeans. Now, I'm a jean queen. Like, I, guys, I love denim. And so when I see Housewives consistently rocking denim, her and Melissa Gorga, like, I I love it. And who, you know who else rocked a lot of denim? <laughs> Why am I talking about this? I don't know, guys. Wow. Okay. Yolanda. Yolanda always rocked denim. And I, why am I saying rock denim? I sound like an old bitch. Okay. (laughs) I'm so annoying. I get why people talk shit. So Lisa's having a meltdown of epic proportion. Jenny's consoling her. I'm ignoring it. Uh, Meredith, you guys, I wouldn't like someone questioning the death of my father or the memorial of my father at all. I would lose my goddamn mind. Okay. Let's be fucking clear. But just answer the question and it would be over. Just be like, yep, the memorial was this day. That's it. And then it would be done. Case closed. Over. Done with. Like they would shut the fuck up. But it's this like, it's this overreaction. And it, and I get where, see, this is where it gets complicated is I get where they're coming. I get where Meredith is coming from, but I also am like, just answer it. What is the big deal? Just be like, yeah, it was on a Monday. Yeah, it was on a Wednesday. Now shut the fuck up, Whitney. You're annoying. And you're walking around looking like the the salsa girl emoji. I'm just like, I've had enough. And Jennifer Shaw, guys, I don't know if Jennifer's guilty. 
And I am being bamboozled and I know it because there's a really big part of me that's like, this woman didn't do what we think she did. And that's my truth. And when she is running around this house in Zion with a bottle of Casamigos, not even Vita Tequila, Casamigos, just going from room to room, trying to figure out what's going on with Heather behind her looking like the girl from Midsummer. I'm just like, I love these women so much. They are like agents of chaos and I can't help it. This is why I love Housewives because it's like, what? And it also, I love Housewives so much because these are women that live their life so out loud and they just like are who they are. And sometimes, yes, it's theatrical and dramatic and over the top and maybe for the show, I don't give a fuck. I just, I'm like, they're doing something I could literally never do. Like, and when Lisa Barlow is in the bathroom wielding a blow dryer around, it did throw me back to Parent Trap because she did throw a blow dryer at Nick Parker's head. Remember that? Remember that? Anyways, and people are like Jennifer Shaw, Heather, Whitney, like everyone's in the bathroom, like crowding around her. I would flip the fuck out when I'm if I ever get that angry and I'm holding a blow dryer, like leave me the fuck alone. Leave me alone because I would flip out. It's kind of like when Shannon Bedore in her first season was having the freak out at Lizzie's house and she was like, you will all say the truth like that. And Tamara like wouldn't leave her alone and was like hugging her and touching her. I I don't know what kind of reaction I would have had, but I might have hit her and I'm not a violent person. Like I don't get physical at all. I've never I've only slapped someone once. And he deserved it. He called me a cunt. And I just didn't think that was kind. <laughs> and uh, that's a story for another time. I was also in high school. So that's a feels like a very aggressive word for a high schooler to use. Anyways, I just was like, I was getting claustrophobic for her, like just having everyone in the bathroom like that. Uh, also, if that's the body that Taco Bell builds, sign me the fuck up because she looks incredible. Her body is banging. And I'm like, does she work out? Is she one of those women that just like has naturally just a sick body? Because I mean, I'm, you know, I'm on a Mexico diet right now. And I'm I also feel like I have to go gluten free. And that is something that I I'll talk about on Monday when I come on this podcast, because that's not a Bravo. It's not a Bravo Friday conversation. I'm just kind of over Meredith. And that really, really pains me to say because I really liked her last year. I liked I thought she was so I mean, I still think she's beautiful, but I thought she was beautiful and she brought like a realness to the show. And she was like, I'm disengaging from this. This is fucking weird. This year, I don't know what's going on, but I felt for Lisa because I, I finally really got a good handle on like what she was really trying to get at with Meredith because it's like all of these women come at Lisa constantly and Meredith sits quiet. And then one person says something about Mary and Meredith is like, what the fuck? Don't say that. And it's like, wait a minute here. Like, I thought Lisa was your friend, too. And it's I don't know, guys. But the next day, after all of this chaos, it really felt like the morning after in the Berkshires when Bethany like called Louisiana slut and a whore. And you're just like, you have that like emotional hangover. Everybody's drained. No, everyone's kind of awkward because they're like, how do we move past this? Do we move past this? 
like it was that level of a freak out that everybody was having towards each other. Um, and also Mary just shuffling around the house, just mumbling to herself, like really brought me joy. It brought me a level of joy that I haven't felt. I just was giggling because it was a nice little comic relief. Um, I don't think calling someone an inbred is kind, but like as Bravo by Betches posted, like Lisa has said that about I forget who Lisa said that about. It's just like we got to stop. Stop saying that. It's weird. Also, Lisa saying that she needs to learn how to make eggs really made me laugh. And, I, you know, she's got that whole like skillet. Her family was looking at like her kids were looking at her like mom has gone off the deep end. Mom is wrapping asparagus and prosciutto and at talking about eggs like stop it. Like no wonder they were just looking at her like she's crazy. And I love that Lisa is a mom of boys. She's such a boy mom to me. And I just I love her little family, Jack and Henry. They're so cute. And her husband is just like, what is going on? Like, he never knows what's going on with Lisa. He's just is like, he's along for the ride. He is along for the ride. He's a champion. And then we go to Mary's church. And I, I've i been very vocal about I'm not really into the whole Mary as a cult leader storyline. I feel like it's a little icky. It borders on like a little bit of like a microaggression almost like. I don't know. It just seems weird. Like when you have the backdrop of this whole show being Mormonism and like you're questioning Mary's church, it's like, what is happening? But she invited Jennifer Shaw to come to the church. She said, Lord was calling me to invite you. Jennifer Shaw's never looked better. She's never looked better than she did at this church. She was looking beautiful, beautiful. And then like, It just, I don't know. It felt weird that we were like exposing these people that think that they're in a place of worship. I don't know, you guys. I didn't like it. It made me uncomfy. I just, the whole thing makes me very weird, feel weird. But this season of Salt Lake City feels like it's been going on for an eternity. And it actually has because it's like, and the episodes are longer than normal. So it's like, we're watching longer episodes more weeks in a row. You got sometimes it's off on a Sunday because of I don't know the Oscars or I mean what what am I talking about Grammys? Did we have the Grammys this year. I don't know. It's been off holidays, whatever. So I kind of need them to wrap it up. Um, even though I am enjoying it, I just want to get to the reunion because I hear that they're going to confront Jenny and or they were they had the camera crew record them confront Jenny after the whole Facebook post surfaced. And then they're going to play the reunion. So I think that that will be interesting. It's kind of like when Andy Cohen didn't have Luann at the reunion and then he had like a sit down with her. You know what I mean? So that's that on Salt Lake City. And let's get into Summer House because, guys, I need to get to the very bottom, the bikini bottom of why Paige chose Craig over Andrea. I don't get it. And I'm really trying to get it, like, because I like Paige so much. So it's like I'm really trying to, like, wrap my head around it. But to watch Craig sit there and gaslight the fuck out of Paige and be like, I didn't come here for this. I didn't come here to fight. Shut the fuck up. You're literally on a reality show, bro. Drama follows you everywhere. Shut your mouth. I really don't like Craig. I really don't like him. I think he's scummy. I think he's a white man that constantly fails upwards. 
And we're being bamboozled and led astray into thinking that he genuinely like works hard at his job sewing down south. And I just don't I just don't think that that's the case. I think he has like I think he's the face of his company for sure, because if you go to his website, um, he's all over it. Baking cookies, you know, holding pillows, um, smiling very aggressively, very giving me Joker vibes. And I'm like, there's no way he's doing all of this and being an ambulance chaser and flying around on Delta all the time and going on summer house like I just don't buy it. I think that there's a lot going on behind the scenes. I bet you I bet you people just are like, do you like this lobster print? And he's like, yeah. And then that's it. I don't think there's much else going on there. And I just don't fuck with him. I don't fuck with him or Austin. And speaking of Austin, Sierra's really bothering me. I like her. I do. I think she's beautiful. I think she's normal. I think she's... All of those things. But I, I, there's a part of me that just feels like she's trying to latch on for like some sort of relevancy on the show. Like because she doesn't have a she doesn't have like a star power like a Paige or a Lindsay. Like she just is kind of there. And this like weird thing where she's like in love with Austin after being in a house with him in Vermont for 14 days is so weird. And then... Then you come in the house and now you're into Carl and then you're in love with Austin still. But then you also are like, maybe I like Alex. It's like you don't like Alex. I don't know what's going on. And then like she just and Danielle said it best on Watch What Happens Live last week or two weeks ago now. She was like, Sierra just takes herself so serious. And I, I like that was the perfect way to describe it because I couldn't put my finger on what it was why like why I wasn't connecting with her as much. And it's true. Like, what is she doing? Like, her little sit down with Lindsay was so weird. Like, Lindsay and Danielle are having a good time giggling, wasted in her room. And then Sierra just comes in. She's like, I need to talk to you. It's like, this isn't Love Island, babe. This isn't Love Island. We're not pulling people for chats. And she was like, is there something else going on? Have you guys still been sleeping with me? Lindsay's like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, no. I don't know. There's just something weird going on. And I I need her to do more. And I need Paige to do a little bit more, too. Um, it It is kind of annoying sometimes. And I'm going to be honest. And it kind of pains me to say this. Really hurts, actually. Because sometimes, you know, it's nice seeing people that remind you of yourself on television where they just sit in bed and are on their phones. But at the same time, it's like, what are we doing here? I need you guys to, like, interact with the group. Like, that's what I had a problem with last year with Hannah and Sierra is they were always just, like, eating pizza on the floor in their bedrooms while everybody was, like, having a good time. It's like, what are we doing? We're on a show. That's why, like, people, I mean, myself included, make fun of Luke sometimes for, like, building igloos, tree tapping. But at least he's doing something. At least he's giving us some visual. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, ugh. like the scene's just like I kind of fall asleep. Lindsay's really on one. Lindsay's really on one, and there, there's a lot of people that my, you know, I did say this, but I, it did kind of, it. I felt so sad for Maya when she, she asked Lindsay, like, "Oh, can I come with you?" And Lindsay was like, "No." But Lindsay spoke um, out about that on Instagram this week, and she was like. I could only invite one person. It wasn't like that. I love Maya. And they they are still really close, I think, because Maya was over at Lindsay's house with Danielle. 
and Luke. I think someone's going out with Maya and Luke, just saying, uh, where they watch the episode together. So I, I don't think it's that deep. I do want to know why the fuck my girl Maya is crying next week. I need to get to the bottom of that. People are saying it's because of Lindsay. I'm like, I don't think so. Because then Sierra starts crying. I'm like, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm excited to watch it. And Andrea is so beautiful. And not only is Andrea beautiful, but he's kind. And my friend Gracie of Gracie's Pickles, and I talk about this all the time. And one of the our favorite qualities in a man is that if he's kind, because everyone can be nice, but are they a kind person? And I think Andrea is one of those people that really is just a kind, kind man. And the way he like kisses Paige's hand and he calls her little Paige and he he's just as sweet and he's just like got this softness to him that I just really I just love. And I just I don't know. I just I need to know why Paige chose Craig because I don't understand. I don't get it at all. But guys. Kyle, oh my God, it's snowing. Kyle not getting Amanda a birthday present and then being like, why am I always the bad guy? Sir, you've cheated on her. You stay out till four in the morning. You don't answer her phone calls. You yell at her the next morning. You don't get her a a birthday present. You don't really do that much for her. So like, yeah, you are the bad guy. (laughs) Like, I just don't get what he is not getting about it. Why would you, after the huge fight that you guys just got in, not get her a present? It, I feel like it's like, okay, now's your time to like make up for what's been going on. It just is like, I don't get what Kyle's not getting about any of it. It's frustrating to watch, truthfully, because I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Amanda is a great catch. And there's a part of me that's like, I think they got in way too deep with this relationship, with the business and the this and that it's like and Bravo and the show. And it's like they've committed to each other for so long that it's like it's giving me Katie and Schwartz vibes. But at least Katie and Schwartz, I feel like on some level are similar because they both strike me as being a little lazy and they can kind of like just hang out and like call each other Bubba all day. But like with Kyle and Amanda, these people to me are just very different people. And they, you know, Kyle is a very go, 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 constantly like at a hundred all the time. And he and I don't think he understands why Amanda isn't that way. And I think Amanda just guys, I just don't know. I am worried. I'm worried, but they'll probably stay together forever. And I hope that I hope that if they're happy, then do that. I just I'm concerned. Um, that's pretty much it for Summer House. I, I'm really enjoying this season. I think we've got a lot going on with everybody. That's what I love. Um, people are, I've been seeing some rumblings, people being like, I don't think Carl should be on the show anymore. And it's like, well, I do get that. I do like that we're seeing his growth and we're seeing his journey because we've been on this journey with him for so long that it's like, I don't know if he'll come back next year. I mean, hopefully, but, um, I mean, Lindsay now, she was on Watch What Happens Live with Danielle, and she said that she hasn't drank for the last, like, two-ish months. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're going to be sober together. Who knows? I love them, and I hope we get a Carl-Lindsay wedding and a Carl-Lindsay baby because that would be really, really cute, and I would I would like to see that. All right, let's take a quick break, and then I'll come back, and we got, guys, we got to talk about Orange County. We got to talk about Miami. We got to talk about New Jersey. I mean, we got a lot to discuss. 
guys know I love a good cocktail, but the craft cocktail can get expensive and it's full of sugar, which usually leads to a hangover the next day. And honestly, no one needs that. But that's when InBooze steps in. InBooze was founded in 2018 by Ashley Evans, a mother of four and cocktail lover. She wanted an easier and healthier way for everyone to enjoy drinks at home. By infusing with simple dehydrated fruits, spices, and herbs, you know exactly what's in your drink. Due to the global pandemic in 2020, everyone was drinking at home and the brand exploded due to national media coverage from Oprah Magazine, BuzzFeed, and Cosmo. Each InBooze kit is handmade in their commercial kitchen in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The kits have minimal sugar, with most being sugar-free. So here's how it all works. Each kit contains one teabag-style pouch of dehydrated fruits, spices, and herbs to infuse at least two cups of alcohol. Infuse your pouch for three days and then discard the infusion bag. You get at least eight to ten cocktails per infusion, and the infused booze is good for at least six months. You can pair your infusion with your favorite mixer, and there's something for everyone. It makes the perfect gift or a fun way to treat yourself. Some of the best flavors are red wine sangria, the spicy margarita, berry lavender lemonade, blackberry gin smash, and the Caribbean rum punch. Visit their Instagram page at InBooze Kits for fun cocktail ideas. That's I-N-B-O-O-Z-E-K-I-T-S. And use code H-O-T-M for 20% off at imbooze.com slash discount slash H-O-T-M. Exclusions apply. Okay, guys, we're back. Let's talk about Real Houses of New Jersey and this is the most toxic fandom of any Housewives franchise that I've ever seen. No one can have an opinion that differs. No one can have any nuance. No one can have, you know, a criticism or a, or anything of anyone without them thinking that you just like want them dead and obliterated and off this fucking planet. It's the weirdest thing. So before I get into New Jersey, I have to preface this and I will be coming from a preachy place in this moment only because we got to chill the fuck out. Seriously, just because I disagree with Jennifer Aiden, it does not mean that I don't feel sorry for her, that I don't feel bad for her on some level. Like I feel a lot of different things for a lot of these women. And I feel like that needs to be said because it's so fucking toxic, especially on social media. It's I've never I've never seen anything like it. It's like this. It's New Jersey and Potomac to me have the most toxic fandom. It It's like it's so frustrating. Everything is so black and white and every like there are people trying to dig up dirt on Margaret's children. And I'm like, get a fucking life. Seriously, get a life. It's one thing to like see the video that was out there about Louie, in my opinion. It's an, because it's like that was released. That was put out there. And it's quite insane. But it's another thing to be like, let's find Margaret's kids. It's like, why? Why are we? Bra- These children are adults, by the way, like who don't want to be part of the show, who Margaret has openly talked about, like Jan's kids have an issue with her, but she has a biological son who just doesn't want to be on the show. He's like, this is weird. I just leave them alone. I find it scary. And people on the Internet are scary. Um. OK, so now that I got that out of the way, let's talk because we got to talk. Jennifer and Margaret are just two people that come from two different planets. 
their backgrounds couldn't be more different. The way that they were raised couldn't be more different. And Margaret is just very, very tired of the hypocrisy and the bullshit that she's had to deal with when it comes to Jennifer for the last however many years. I would be a little frustrated if someone was constantly bragging about their husband, how amazing he is. Oh, my God. You know, I'm a plastic surgeon's wife. You know, you're married to just a plumber. That type of bullshit when they have these kind of skeletons in their closet. That would bother me. That might be a Scorpio aspect of me that jumps out. Sorry. But it would frustrate me because I'm like, what the fuck? And people are saying online, like, what Margaret isn't understanding is that you know, Jennifer was the one that was cheated on. Margaret was the one that did the cheating with her husband or whatever. And so there, I don't think Margaret is getting that confused at all. I think she's just saying like, you portray your life to be one way when you are living the opposite. And I, I think that there's a lot more to the story, to be completely honest. I, I've heard from few different people allegedly that Bill, this wasn't the only affair that he had. It was two years long. Like it was, you know, one was with the medical sales rep. The other was with the receptionist. And then I was reminded this morning that Dolores worked for Bill. And I forgot about this. This is something I think Dolores brought up the very first season that Jennifer was on. Maybe that's kind of why Dolores is feeling the type of way that she's feeling towards Jennifer. I personally don't think Dolores has ever fucked with Jennifer. I just think Jennifer is annoying. <laughs> I Guys, I think she's great for the show. Let's be clear. I think she's wonderful for the show. And there's a lot of, there's a part of me that really likes her because I like her family. I like, you know, her, the story about her mom and her brother and her dad. I find that to be very captivating. And I like, I like all of that. But I find it very deeply, deeply uncomfortable when t- people talk about money and how much money they have and how much all of that, like all that bullshit. And she just is very materialistic and very braggy. And I just, that's not the kind of person that I like to vibe with. Like someone that's constantly talking about like designers and I would be like, get a fucking life. Like you have to have something else to talk about other than this. And it's weird. And I, I don't know. I'm just not vibe. I'm just not getting where people are coming from when it's like, they're attacking Margaret over this whole situation. I just don't get it. And I'm sure people are yelling at me while they're listening to this. And that's fine. We all can have our opinions. I truly just feel sometimes when it comes to New Jersey, I'm watching a completely different show than everyone else. I'm like, I don't get what you all are talking about or what you're seeing that I'm just not seeing. And this idea that Teresa thinks that her spreading this rumor about Evan at Evan's birthday party is somehow not as bad as Margaret saying to Jennifer's face about a fact. What are you not getting about? Like, and for the fact that the producer and Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live was like, Teresa, you did the exact same thing. What are you what are you not understanding? And she just genuinely doesn't get it. And we're all just supposed to be like, OK, well, she doesn't get it. So it's fine. It's like, What? What the fuck are we talking about? Why does Teresa get a pass for everything that every everything like her saying last year at the reunion that she just wouldn't be sexually assaulted because she's a strong woman like and that's just overlooked by the Teresa fandom is absurd to me. 
But yet they hang on to Margaret calling Jennifer a concubine in like a moment of rage. Like what? It. I just don't get it. I don't fucking get it. And come in my DMs, cuss me the fuck out, help me understand, beat me over the head. I don't know. I just, I, like I said, I feel like I'm watching a completely different show and I might sound really repetitive right now, but I just don't get it. And I'm finally talking about it out loud. And so I'm working through it as I'm saying all of this, but wow. And then we have the whole Gia and Joe thing. And people are like very split on this as well. And I see both sides. I have to be honest. I I think Joe sometimes need to calm the fuck down, but he's got that like, he's got that Gorga rage. He's got that Gorga rage. And then Gia's got the Gorga and the Judice rage inside of her. So you just like, I mean, whew, she's scary. She's terrifying. I'd be terrified of her. I'm not as scared. I'm not as scared of Gia as I am of Melania or Alabama Barker. Those are two scary kids. Yeah, I would not want to mess with them. But it's like, they both are allowed to feel how they feel. And they're both coming from such a place of hurt with one another that it that it's like it, there's like a miss. Like Joe's talking about his parents. And then Gia gets upset and she's like, don't talk about my Nona and my Nona like that. And it's like, but those are his parents. Like he's allowed to have those feelings about his own parents. But then, of course, you're like, but Gia's allowed to feel how she feels, too. So it, I feel so conflicted. And then Melissa's just probably fucking sick of it. Melissa's tired. Melissa's like, I've been doing this for too long. I can't deal. <laughs> like, I, guys, just work it out. I'm over it. And I think it, they're all so hurt in different ways by the by the same situation that took place with Teresa and the going to prison and the Joe Judice, everything. And it's like, oh, God, guys, I'm dizzy. I'm dizzy. So I'm glad that they made up, you know, there's so much love there, but they just they don't know how to communicate it. And we we saw that when they were at the um, or no, I mean, that was I saw that in a preview for next week. Sorry, I got a little confused, but there's a preview for next week going around of them. Louie <laughs> trying to get everyone to like talk about their feelings. And it's like Joe's like, I'm Italian. Like, we don't talk like that. And Teresa is trying it. It's kind of funny because it's like these are people that just aren't used to speaking this way. And it's Louise trying to like get Teresa to admit a fault. And like she just she literally can't. She's like, but I'm not wrong. I didn't do anything. I don't feel anything. It's so funny. And people are a little surprised by Dolores's reaction to Jennifer. And like I said, I just don't think Dolores really ever fucked with Jennifer like that. I think because Dolores and Marge are surprisingly, I think people don't realize how close they really are together. Like, they're really, really close. They hang out all the time. They're always talking. They, they're they just really good friends. And I, I don't know. The way Jennifer likes to spin it all on social media is kind of funny to me. Um, her long-winded, like, Instagram captions about her nose. I'm just like, shut up. Shut up. You're like just the constant like turning it and like making yourself into a victim is like very weird. Um, Not about her nose, but about Bill. And well, about Bill, she is a victim. But when it comes to like the Marge situation, that's what I mean. Let's be clear. Yeah. Dolores just doesn't fuck with feelings like that. Like she's just I mean, look at how she was with Jackie. She's like, why are we crying? She does that with everybody. She doesn't understand why anybody's crying over anything. And that's just Dolores. She's old school Patterson Dolores. And we're going to see that next week. And I can't wait. And I finally, I'm really glad that people are starting to see the Jackie that I've always seen. Jackie is very, very diplomatic. 
Jackie is someone who can see all sides of an argument. I think because she's a lawyer that or, you know, she's she's was trained to do that. Like she's got to see both sides so she can know how to argue the other whatever. So she can feel for Jennifer. But she's also like, Jennifer, you did perpetuate these rumors about my husband and you were looking into them. You know what I'm saying? And Margaret, I think, is coming from a place and people are saying coming for her over saying the children are resilient thing. She's coming from a place of her own childhood where I think she had to overcome a lot with her mom, you know, single mom, partier like Margaret. That's why she doesn't drink. Like, I think she's got a lot of trauma there and she overcame it or at least is trying. And so she's probably like kids are resilient. Like, like, even look at Gia. She has been through some fucking shit and she's like going to Rutgers. You know, kids are going to be fine. Your kids are going to be okay. Like kids, life happens. We can try and protect them from all of this, all we want, but it's like they're going to, shit's going to happen to them and Bill has to like face the consequences of his actions. You know, I know that Jennifer forgave him, but Let's not forget she was nine months pregnant and he was having an affair going and buying bottle service at clubs with his fucking mistress. Like, that's fucked up. I know that she says that she's over it, but it's like, are you? Because I don't know if I could be just because you don't talk about it anymore. And you, like she said, her and Bill have just never talked about it again. That's also not healthy. You should talk about it. You should have conversations burying it and sweeping it under the rug and pretending that it didn't happen just because you gave birth to a fucking baby is not not healthy and i feel like it's it might be w- worth it that this is all being brought up so that she can face those feelings and sorry bill but I, like you fucking cheated on your pregnant wife you did and i mean i'm looking at you tiki barber because the rumors that i've heard about this tiki and tracy girl his wife was pregnant, too, and people come for him still. And this happened however many years. It's like, we got to be held accountable for our actions, guys. Come on. Also, why is your husband out out that late when you're pregnant? Am I crazy? Am I living in a different universe? Is this because I don't have kids? Someone tell me because I feel confused. And Bill sucks. And I've never got good vibes from Bill. I don't care what anyone fucking says. I've never, ever gotten good vibes from him. He's just someone that I just felt is a little phony, a little fake, a little too much. Like, my wife is amazing. Like, I don't know. It felt a little doth protest too much, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, that's enough in New Jersey. I can't. I'm exhausted by the fandom of New Jersey. So forgive me for not speaking on certain things. I don't know. Maybe I forgot things that happened. Oh, guys, I just don't know. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from New Jersey and it's only episode two. I love it. I love I love to talk about it. Orange County. I want to talk about Dr. Jen and her fucking husband, Ryan, immediately. I have things to say. <laughs> Taps Mike. People are saying that they don't like Dr. Jen. They feel like she adds nothing to the show. She, I disagree wholeheartedly. She might not give the drama like Noella or... Um, Like, she might not be doing that, but I find her personal storyline to be compelling. And I can't explain. I mean, I will explain why. I love that I say that. I'm like, I can't explain it. But go on for 30 minutes about how I feel. Chris Lewis, friend of the pod, co-host of mine um, on Shortcomings, he said something to me this morning that rocked me to my fucking core to quote Whitney Rose. I have the fucking chills. He said, 
Ryan is like Simon Barney. And I was shooketh by this comparison. Like I have chills thinking about it because it sums it up perfectly. Dr. Jen is a woman who has mommy issues with her own mom. She constantly feels like she's not good enough. And I think there's, you know, people that have daddy issues and there are people that have mommy issues and both are very different. I think a lot of us actually have more mommy issues than we even want to realize. I mean, my mom's my best friend, but I mean, fuck it. I got mommy issues too. People that struggle with their relationships with their mother have this constant need of like, I'm not good enough. They have, they have, they have a hard time and they, I think she feels that she has to be so strong and she's got a lot on her plate. She's working full time. She's a mother of, I think, three or four kids. I can't keep track of all those, of all the kids in, on Real Hustles of Orange County. I feel like there's so many. And I think what she really, really wants, and I relate to this, and she almost reminds me to a little bit of Lindsay Hubbard in a way from Summer House, is that she's so strong and carries and does so much and carries the weight of you know, the relationship and the financial aspect of it. And there are parts of her that she wants to feel safe enough to be vulnerable. And she really wants to soften. And I think that that shows a lot when she's trying to have a good relationship with her kids is like she's trying to be soft. And I think that that's a really, really hard thing for her because she's so used to being so strong. So when she calls her husband and she wants to cry about the the chronic pain that she's in with her leg or work or anything and he doesn't validate her feelings or he does so in such a condescending way where he basically shuts it down that a lot that closes her right back up and makes her tougher. It it makes her it teaches her that she can't be that way and that makes me so sad. And as someone who also has chronic pain, I I get where she's coming from so much because it's like it's exhausting and it, sometimes you just want to cry. If you lean into your pain sometimes, it you'll fall apart. And sometimes she just wants someone to hold her and to tell her it's okay and that, you know, I feel for you and you're doing an amazing job and you do so much. And I don't think Ryan is a deadbeat when it comes to being financially not not there. When I call Ryan a deadbeat, I mean he's emotionally a deadbeat. He's not there for her in the way that she needs him to be. And the more that he's not doing that and not showing up, the more cold and tough she becomes. So then he's not getting what he needs because he wants the validation of like, I'm a good dad. But I also think men feel this need to be like, I'm a good provider. Like there isn't a masculating aspect to it, but that's his own fucking problem. Your wife doesn't need to be constantly telling you like, you know, you're a provider when he's not providing financially. He's just not. And that's the truth. And he walks around with his shirt off all the time. Like he has a weird, he spells his name wearing. He's, he scares me. He honestly, that scene with them at the dinner table where he's like brushing her and he's like looking at her and he's like, we're not talking about this. It was so chilling. And it, like Chris said, it's such a Simon Barney move. Like Jen wants to be with someone like an Eddie who's like 
fun and light and supportive and likes how strong she is, likes that she's a badass businesswoman that like likes that she's fucking hot and like wants to be, you know, all of these things. And Ryan is just not that. And there are people saying that, well, he is just not comfortable having this conversation on camera. Well, you're on the show. So and there's a huge part of me that's like, if you're like this in on camera in front of millions of people watching, what are you like when there's no one around? Something tells me he's like this all the time because just the way that she talks to Heather about it, it's like he's been like this with her for years and I feel so sad for her. Like I truly find her storyline to be compelling and heartbreaking and real. And that's just something I'm not really getting from like Noella because I can't fucking figure out what's real and what's not. Do I find it interesting and captivating? Yes. Uh, but I also I don't under I I have a hard time relating to what she's going through. So that's maybe why I'm leaning more towards Dr. Jen. I I'm really enjoying Shannon this season. There's a lightness to Shannon. Uh, when Shannon says this is Shani Hanna's guys, I laughed. I enjoyed myself. I was giggling. You know, <laughs> I, I it was making me I don't know, seeing her pull a below deck on this boat and have John just like <laughs> like boss her around at the bow like all that I don't know I was laughing I don't fully understand their relationship I don't fully get it um but if she's happy like I like seeing Shannon happy and I I really liked the the conversation they had at Shani Hanna's where they were all very randomly sharing very deep personal things with each other about their like childhoods. And I didn't know where it came from. Like when John started just randomly bringing this up, I was like, Oh, okay. Like I'm here for it. I don't know where it came from, but okay. Sounds good. And I got to say, you guys, I'm attracted to Terry Dubrow. I don't know what it is about this man. I find him to be so attractive. He makes me laugh. He's, you know, he's vulnerable. He's a good dad. He loves his wife. I find Heather and him to be a good couple. I don't know. I'm I'm attracted to him, I gotta say. I'm excited to see Shannon, or not Shannon. I'm excited to see Gina and Heather go to New York together, the New York girlies. I'm very, very excited. I liked hearing them talk about Syracuse and like where they grew up and the weather and like everything like that. I thought it was cute. I, I think they have a nice relationship. I do think Gina lives up Heather's ass a little mu- too much. And one thing I thoroughly enjoy, and I'm a Heather Dubrow like stan. Like I love myself some Heather Dubrow, but I love how much Noella bugs her. <laughs> I love it. Because Noella is doing something that Bronwyn just like couldn't do. And that is be so transparently thirsty. But also like I'm so interested in what's going on because I can't figure it out. And I don't know what's real and what's not. And she just gets under Heather's skin so much. And I love it because I find it funny. I like when Heather's irritated. (laughs) I like when Heather is like being pushed a little bit to not be so composed that I'm enjoying it. I, you know, and I also think Noella is just really beautiful and I really love to look at her and the stack of vaginas. When she said stack of vaginas, I want to know what you guys thought. I thought she meant like a picture, like pictures of just vaginas, like a a pic, like, I don't know, like a stack of photos, all of vaginas. I didn't know it meant like a literal stack like women stacked on top of each other showing their vaginas. I didn't know that that's what that meant. So that really um, 
was interesting. Uh, you know, but hey, I'm never going to yuck someone's yum. If that's what you're into, God bless, because I don't know. But, you know, we all got our things. We all got our things that we're into that might be weird. Um, anyways, so I'm enjoying Real Houses of Orange County. I'm enjoying all of the housewives this year. And I'm enjoying nothing more than Real Houses of Miami. I love the Real Houses of Miami. I love them all so much. Even when I don't like them, I'm still like, I love them. But I am struggling a little bit with Adriana. You know, this whole idea, the bringing up the Kanye's dick thing, I get that it was funny, but she should have just dropped it the moment Larsa was like, I really don't want to talk about this because I think Larsa is actually a good person. And she fully acknowledges like, I'm not friends with Kim anymore, but I still have respect for her family. Like, please don't talk about Kanye's dick. Like, what is wrong with you? And Adriana was like screaming at her and being like, this is my life and my life story. Like, Kanye's dick is not your life story, babe. (laughs) It's not. You're doing this to annoy her. And she just like wasn't understanding where Larsa was coming from. So Larsa was like, shut the fuck up. Like, just what are you doing this? Like, why? Why are you bringing this up? Like, why does Adriana have this like obsession with Larsa being with the Kardashians? It's weird. I think it's a gel. I truly think it's jealousy. I really do. Because I can't quite figure it out what else the problem is. I want to talk about Lisa and Lenny really quick. I really like Lisa. And I might, this might be controversial and I don't mean it to be, but like, I don't think Lenny hates her. Lenny just does not respect her. That's a tough place to come back from when you're in a relationship. Once you like lose that respect for your partner, it's really, really hard to get it back. And he does not respect this woman. And there's a part of me that, guys, I get it. I do. When she is complaining that she lost a nanny, I was like, okay. Like, well, I mean, if I was him and I was the main breadwinner of the family and And the person that I'm in a relationship with was complaining that they lost help. I would be like, and they don't work. Lisa doesn't work. Like, this isn't a situation of, like, a Melissa Gorga, Joe Gorga situation where he just doesn't, like, he didn't respect her job at Envy and her being a mom. This is like, he's like, you literally don't do anything. Like, why can't you watch the the kids? Like, and I, guys, I kind of get it. Like, I would be like, why are you bringing this to me? Like, why are we talking about this right now? Why are you complaining about watching your own kids? I don't understand. And she's like, I run a house. Yes. You, yes. You are both picking up your end of the bargain here in the relationship. Everybody, you, you, it ebbs and it flows, guys. Like, you know, Lenny's like, I'm out here working. What the fuck are you doing? And it's like, she's not. I don't know. It's very, it was like, I kind of get it. And oh God, that confessional with both of them was so tough because like I said, he does not respect her and I don't think he likes her. I think he might love her because she's the mother of his children, but that's it. Like he's like, I don't get what the fuck's going on. I feel kind of, I listen, I think it's really, really telling that he had an emotional affair. He wasn't out here just fucking. He was, like, probably in love with this other person. (laughs) That's the vibe that I'm getting. 
and that's some I couldn't come back from that. I don't think I could ever come back from anyone cheating on me. But the emotional affair of it, I would be fucked up. I would be fucked up and I couldn't come back from that. And I don't think he maybe wanted to come back, but he's probably like they probably don't have a prenup. Okay, who knows what's going on? But he could lose half of his fortune to her and he probably doesn't want to. So he's probably like, fine, I'll be married to you, but I'm not going to like it. And he's also like got to provide for his parents. Like he, who else knows like what this man is doing? I can't believe I'm defending Lenny Hoxstein right now. This is like so I'm triggered by myself. But I just I find it weird. And I think her lashing out at the women when they were in the Hamptons over the rooms. I think Lisa has no control in her life. Like when it comes to like her husband, like again, he like kind of puts her down and doesn't respect her. But she doesn't really say anything. She kind of brushes it off like it's a joke. So I think when she's put in positions like like she was in the Hamptons of being able to control something, I think that and she finally got to speak out. I think that that's where that came from. I mean, I totally could be misinterpreting the whole situation, but I don't know. You know, I really fell in love with Gertie this episode. I I did struggle with her a little bit in the beginning of the season. I just didn't really get it. Like she didn't really bring much to the table, in my opinion. But I really liked seeing her event and, you know, how the women were like, yeah, she's really amazing at her job. And, you know, I, I liked all of that. And again, Larsa and Adriana is a feud that I could honestly watch forever because Adriana is just not getting it. And Larsa will literally cuss her the fuck out. And that's what I appreciate. I really do. Um, that's pretty much it, you guys. I feel like I I haven't stopped talking. I literally haven't stopped talking for 60 minutes. This was fun. This I love getting back to basics. I love just talking to you guys like one-on-one like this. It's really, I really enjoy it. So thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you guys check out thedip.com. Use code QESO, Q-U-E-S-O, for 95% off at the dip. Make sure you check out community posts. So much fun. You can favorite your favorite like categories like housewives, you know, and they're all individual. It's it's really great. And I have a really exciting interview that I'm going to be posting very soon with someone from Summer House. You guys will have to check that out. I will. I obviously will share it on my Instagram so you can see it and get a link to it and everything. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. And I will see you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Love you. See you guys around the gram. Bye. Here's to the great American settlers, the millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.